Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. You know, one of the things about being on Talk of the Town is I get to interact with my old friend, my frenemy, my nemesis, scratch and stiff Michael Busini, right? And I like Michael. I mean, we used to butt heads back in the day, but... But there's beef there? Or there was beef there? Well, there were, no, I was just, you know, a young punk. And he was a, an old set-in-his-ways guy, right? You know, kind of like you and I. I mean, I'm you're going to change the world. I'm just trying to... Trying to get a few more years under my belt and I can sit on a beach somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I don't feel like we butt heads too much. I don't I think like we, we get butt heads pretty ever well. do we? Yeah. No, we, we Have we ever well. butt heads? Uh, yeah, there's been times, I think. But it's been years to this well, point. Must have, been, must have been from your end because I'm... <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't, like the time tra- didn't like the time you trashed me in an article, but that's all right. I think we're about to butt heads okay. now. We might be. Hey, uh, UCF has changed their night brand logo, a new logo compared to the old one. Uh, We care? Zero. None. I mean, honestly. Really? I don't see the difference. It just looks like the guy's turned his head. (laughs) Well, a lot of the uh, new logos nowadays, they just make it kind of like minimalist, where they just kind of... Yeah, that's I guess Less what they try to I do here. Nowadays. You know, of all the schools that are leaving the American, I'm more excited about having UCF gone than I think I than anybody. You know? Yeah, I just like what do they I have to offer in, uh, besides maybe football? I mean, in football well, is kind of on the down take, it seems like they, to me. Yeah, they spend a lot of money in their athletic department. Credit that. But they just, I don't know, they're just not, they're, just, they're always they are always doing something that just, I, that I would perceive as obnoxious. Yeah. I mean, you know, they got the SEC level head coach. I guess that's one thing they got to offer besides the money. It's pretty appealing, I guess. I suppose. I suppose. But I mean, it's like, this guy's put the thing up about the logos. And it's some, so, so someone said, so he turned right. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So there <laughs> he just you go. turned his head. He turned his head. It's like on picture day in high, you know, they say in elementary, all right, we're going to get one like this so that we won't need you to turn and we're going to square your shoulders and you're going to be turned, but your shoulders are going to look this way. That's kind of what it looks like. Put your fist up to your chin. I want a sophisticated look going here. They must not have used that one in the, uh, the picture but hey let me give a shout out before we get too far into this uh, bowl of fruit and nuts today to our guy uh scooter scotty rogers he is uh ailing a little bit gonna be okay but old uh scooters in the uh, hospital or was at least yesterday so uh shout out to our boy scooter get well soon there pal uh, we've got pirate football coverage for you on Saturday. It is our pirate game day countdown for Bush Light from noon 
until 2.30, a special two-and-a-half-hour edition. And uh, that is what is uh, happening. We got uh, Coach Kim McNeil on the show with us today. We'll be talking to her in the uh, second half hour. Uh, women's basketball garnered their first win on Monday night at home against uh, the running Bulldogs of Gardner-Webb. And tomorrow, Ben, they're going to be playing at 11 a.m., a special time, Education Day. And, I remember uh, that. Yeah, they'll be playing Hampton tomorrow at 11 a.m. So we'll talk to Coach McNeil about that. I uh, was talking to some folks in Raleigh today, the NCHSAA. Remember that uh, situation? They were going to get basically eliminated. I did see that. It was the HB non-one bill or something yeah. like that. Yeah, remember that? We talked about it back in the summer. So uh, right now, uh, and I, they may have already voted on this, both the House and the Senate, well, yeah, here it is, both the House and the Senate adopted a new version of House Bill 91 aimed at reforming the way high school athletics are administered in North Carolina. The bill passed both chambers with bipartisan support. Uh, and uh, now we'll go to Governor Cooper, who will either sign the bill into law or veto it, but apparently Cooper's office is on board with lawmakers and the State Board of Education. Basically, the State Board of Education is going to be overseeing this thing. And now this is how it was described to me, and, and, and I don't think it wasn't like I was being told this cloak and dagger off the record. Uh, but... My old friend who I used to work with in radio uh, and uh, now she's the uh, editor-in-chief of the Carolina Journal, Donna King. I was talking to Donna today about this. And she said that the High School Athletic Association will not be able to impose fines anymore based on this legislation. So, Ben, do you remember that brouhaha, that hubbub? That uh, back and forth between Conley and South Central a couple years ago? I do remember that with the cheerleaders and whatnot. Yeah, that was and people bad. got And people charged the field and player and people got suspended. And Do you remember all that? Yeah, I remember a coach yelling. There was all kinds of stuff going on on that field. So if I'm not mistaken, there was a fine. Uh, by issued either both teams or one team at least. There was fine anyway. There was a fine, and there's fines if something goes wrong. You know, if, if there's a violation, they're usually fined. I remember right? there was a North Pitt incident a couple years ago. I think it was with the women's basketball team, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, our guy Coach Carr. Yeah, got caught up. He proclaimed his innocence in it, but I, I'm sure North Pitt got fined. Uh, the thing with uh, Conley and uh, the football coach. I mean, I'm sure Conley got fined. So if anything happens, usually, um, you know, whatever punishment is doled out comes with a fine. That is a way that the High School Athletic Association has kind of built its coffers up. And that's how it was described to me today. So uh, apparently there will no longer be an opportunity to fine anybody. Keyword a way, because of all that money, it definitely couldn't have been the way. Well, yeah, that's that's uh, the endowment. But see, everybody is was all cheers and happy when the endowment game went away. Well, look, the High School Athletic Association, and, and, and I'm not 
passing judgment on this, but they're going to get theirs. That's why you've got the extra week of the playoffs. That's why usually the third round of the playoffs meant that it was Thanksgiving. Third round of the playoffs means it's the week before Thanksgiving this year. Right? Right, you got it. So, I mean, that's that's part of that. I find that interesting, though, that uh, this now is, is headed to uh, the governor's desk, and uh, it, it will either be vetoed, signed into law, or if it waits 10 days, it'll become law. And so I just I kind of wonder what uh, what the High School Athletic Association is, is going to do once it totally goes under the guidance of, of this uh, State Board of Education. And will they will it eventually will it eventually uh, become something along the lines of um, what they want uh, you know a totally abolished thing and, and it, the government's then running high school athletics which again I don't I don't know how I feel about that and I know the gover I know the lawmakers of the state say well we would have a board of directors and all that I do think there needs to be some sort of governing organization. And I'm not so sure that the current organization is, is the best fit. But it's the fit we've got right now, so let's let's make it work, right? But, I mean, I do think that there could be – this could be pretty interesting. Because, look, the law, yes, they've brought it within – the purview of the State Board of Education, but I can't imagine this is going to stop there. Could you? No, I mean, it originally started, like kind of like you said, it was supposed to be a complete kind of abolishment of the uh, right. the, the Athletic Association. If not, it was going to, I think, when they kind of worked on the bill a little bit and did some fine-tuning, it's still like the majority of it was trying to revoke the majority of the rights that the Athletic Association withheld, so... I mean, I, I I don't see this going away anytime soon. I I just I think eventually this they get what they want on this. Yeah, and I remember you uh, had both sides here on the um, on the yeah. show. I think yeah. during that week where it kind of really started to ramp up, and both sides were very passionate on their stances. And um, I don't want to say it got nasty, but it did kind of get a little ugly there for a little bit. Well, there were some hurt feelings. There were some hurt feelings. Uh, the board of directors for the NCHSAA said in a statement that they still feel legislation is not necessary, but being involved in the discussions about the new version of HB1, the Athletic Association does not oppose the new language. So there you go. Um, let's see. Anything? Oh, Mike Krzyzewski spoke uh, as we suspected he would after what happened uh, with his uh, grandson. Getting a DUI, DWI, I think officially was the term, and then uh, the passenger, the kid that's going to be the lottery pick, getting the DWI, uh, or he he did not get a DWI. He ended up with, uh, I, I mean, is that a fancy way of saying underage drinking? I, mean, I guess he wasn't drinking, but maybe being intoxicated while underage. I don't know. Anyway, do you have the cut that uh, where Coach K says what he said when asked about it? We had a violation of our standards, and uh, and we'll handle that internally. Uh, you know, we've already handled are handling it, but uh, violation of our standards. I think w the decisions we made are in conjunction with 
our authorities, you know, our, my superiors, and uh, we're taking action. There you go. So his grandson has been suspended from the team, and the guy that's going to the NBA draft lottery is is playing, and I'm sure was probably asked, what are you doing? you got to be smarter than that. This As Coach I K's said, farewell tour here. What are you doing? Or, Especially the well, grandson. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's I, – I said this. I don't know how articulate I was about this yesterday, and I don't know how articulate I will be now. But you would think if there's any kid that's got resources to get an Uber or a Lyft. Now, I, I thought the kid was 21. It was how, what it was first reported. But he's 20, so he's drinking underage. Yep, that's, both of them are 20. Yeah. Can't be doing that. And then you can't be driving, no matter whether you're 20, 21, 60, 50, 40, whatever. Can't well, be I driving. I would argue both of those guys more so than anybody else on campus would have those resources. You're literally Coach K's grandson, and then you got the future lottery pick alongside you. I mean, both those guys could have found a ride or done some kind of ride sharing service, something, at Uber. I mean, there was yeah. absolutely no excuse for that. But, but you know, we don't pretend to know what kind of background the other kid comes from. Exactly, yeah. But Krzyzewski's grandkid, when Krzyzewski makes $10 million, Now, look, my granddad's not going to dole out. Mr. PK's not going to dole out 50 bucks for me to go Uber it, right? I've never had an Uber been? before. Does it cost that much? No. Well, it might now. It <laughs> I have might no now. Idea. But, I mean, if you, <laughs> if you go and – and do that, I I just, to me, it just seems like something that, yeah. all right, you would you would not, I mean, even if it is 50 bucks, don't you think that the grandson of, of Coach K has some resources? You would think has so. Has a phone. Without a has doubt. connections to a bank. I mean, now if I were in a, in a strut and called Mr. PK in the middle of the night, said I need 50 bucks, he'd be probably figure it out and get it to me. He wouldn't be happy about it. But I'm just saying that I'm sure that there was access for at least, you know, a 50-buck Uber ride from Chapel Hill to, to Durham or wherever they were. We got arrested in Orange County. So, yeah. But, again, it should have been in that position anyway. And I thought Kay handled it pretty well, didn't you? I mean. Yeah, he usually either freaks out or – uh, well, mainly just kind of freaks out about questions like that, but I felt he kind of handled himself accordingly there. I think he's he's getting ready for retirement. He's kind of calmed down a little bit. He didn't have the meltdown that he had earlier. <laughs> yeah. Let's go do it. Come on. Jeez. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Uh, let us go to break. I'm not sure this was a uh, a Marconi award-winning segment, but hey, not all of them are, are they, Ben? Uh, all right, we'll uh, be back with our Pirate Report. Comments from Mike Houston about uh, the game this weekend. Navy's going to be a tough out. So we'll run through uh, Mike Houston's comments in our Pirate Report today. Uh, we've got uh, the coordinators talking to the media at six o'clock so check our social media for that and uh, we will uh, hear from coach Houston 
Coming up next in our Pirate Report, we'll hear from Coach McNeil one-on-one with her a little bit later on in the uh, Patrick Johnson Show. Stay with us. She acted kind of strange. Then when I asked, do you have a man, she tried to pretend. Videos, articles, and what's going on in the Pirate Nation. I thought that's what Facebook updates were for. Like and comment on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page right now. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. The fastest two hours in radio. Fastest two hours in radio. The award-winning Bushlight Pirate Game Day Countdown with Patrick Johnson and ECU legend Terrence Copper. Counting down to kick off with all the info you need to get ready for game day. Bushlight Pirate Game Day Countdown. Pirate Game Day Countdown. On 94.3 The Game and 94.3 WorldCat, the world's largest powered catamaran boat builder, is hiring at their Tarboro and Greenville locations. If you enjoy a challenging career opportunity, producing a top quality product, then a career with WorldCat may be for you. No experiences required. However, anyone with carpentry skills or auto body detailing skills are highly encouraged to apply. Send your resume to careers at worldcat.com. That's careers at worldcat.com or go to worldcat.com forward slash careers. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. I'm in the studio with my friend Sproul Alexander, who is the Senior Vice President for Town Insurance. And Sproul, people keep coming to Town Insurance. Tell us why. Henry, it's really simple. It's because of our insurance knowledge our product choices, our ability to service our clients, and our community involvement. That's true. We see town insurance everywhere. But now let's talk about the choices. What kind of choices are there? What kind of insurance do you handle for people? Our choices are endless. No matter what kind of insurance that you may need, we can handle it for you. And we're talking about business. We're talking about health insurance. We're talking about home and auto, the whole gamut. Yes, sir. All right. So, folks, come to town. That's town insurance. And uh, tell us the telephone number they can reach you. 252-756-8300. And the website? Towninsurance.com. Town with an E. Got to put that E on the town. Folks, now is the time to come to town. Town insurance. Podcasts about the Pirates and Panthers are available. Sorry about that. I screwed it up. Let me do it again. Podcasts about the Pirates and Panthers available now online at the all-new 943thegame.com. And now, back to the P-Man, the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. 53 degrees tonight, 76 tomorrow. It ended up being nice, but I've just been cold all day. Getting old, Ben. I was cold all day. 
55 on Friday, so we'll have a cold front, and then uh, Saturday, 58. Just looking ahead to next week, I think we're going to be okay on uh, the day after Thanksgiving for the pregame and all that. This week's a busy week. I thought you are supposed to chill during the holidays, Ben. It's a big week. ECU's going to beat Oklahoma. Yeah. We're going to beat Navy. It's going to be huge. And then next week could be huge. Uh, that Pirate basketball game uh, that Ben mentioned will be uh, against uh, Oklahoma tomorrow night. We'll have it for you at 7 o'clock. 90-minute edition of your Patrick Johnson show uh, tomorrow as uh, we'll talk with uh, Coach Michael Perry. Uh, Rini Angoli is scheduled to join us tomorrow, too, ESPN College Football Analyst. So, uh, big day tomorrow on the program. And we do have a show Friday. So Rini I'll was one here. of the few guys that believed in ECU before the season. He did. He did. All right, let's do today's Pirate Report, shall we? And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Presented by Flatlands Jessup Insurance Group. When you're ready to talk about insurance protection, call Flatlands Jessup Insurance. Time financing. Need money fast. Time financing is your personal loan specialist. Time financing. Two dozen locations in North Carolina. Acre Station. Local grown pork, beef, fresh and smoked sausage. Acre Station Meat Farm, Highway 32 in Pinetown over in Boco. And Doug Henry, Chevrolet Buick at GMC in Farmville, and Doug Henry, Ford in Aiden. If you paid more, or you paid more if you didn't get yours at Doug Henry. Uh, all right, let's see here. Uh, let's start with uh, Coach Houston's first impressions of this Navy team. We're worried about one thing, and that's Navy. You know, 1-0 this week, and it's, uh, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, you know, we saw Navy early in the year on film, uh, and they've just, it looks like a completely different team. Uh, you know, watching them against Tulsa, watching them against Cincinnati, uh, watching them against UCF, uh, just a, an extremely physical football team, a very, very good defensive football team, uh, very good running attack. Um, you know, it's going to be senior day for them, 25 seniors, I think, that they're going to recognize on Saturday. So, you know, I, you know maybe, maybe the toughest road challenge that we've had all year. And then uh, there was a question: Are the Pirates ready to get? Uh, are the I'm kidding. Are the Pirates ready to get? Rev- that was bad, Ben. I know. Are the Pirates Come ready on, to get? Man. Re- are the Pirates ready to get revenge against Navy? You know, get revenge against Navy. All right. Let's see what the answer was. You know, we have to have a great week of practice. Um, you know, we have to have you know a, a great uh, a great job just from a game plan standpoint, both sides of the football. And on special teams to uh, you know to, to get ready for this and uh, got a great challenge. But you know the kids are really excited. Uh, you know they're excited about uh, the opportunity. Uh, excited to go up there. You know two years ago we got absolutely humiliated up there, uh, and um, you know a lot of those guys that uh, you know were on that team, you know are hungry to you know go up there and and, and play better and you know have a shot to uh, possibly get a win. So uh, big ball game for us. There you go. Pretty good stuff. Um, And uh, this is uh, the scouting report on the mids from Coach Houston in today's Pirate Report. Well, I think uh, the things that stand out to me are, you know, I think defensively uh, they are 
probably better than what we faced last year. I think they're similar defensively to what we faced two years ago up there, and I'm just comparing that to what I see them doing to other people versus what they did to us two years ago up there. Um, and they may be better overall defensively than that group. Uh, you know, I think 54 is, you know, one of the better defenders in our league. If not, uh, you know, he may be the player of the year in our league defensively. Um, so, you know, very strong right there. I think they've improved drastically since the beginning of the year. So um, they're not a two-win football team. I mean, anybody, you know, I, I'm sure the common layperson that doesn't watch any film or study anything or really look at anything, they can have an opinion there. But anybody that has any common sense and looks at the film knows what this is, and this is a good football team. All right, uh, going to uh, bop around the vast soundbite roster list here today, Ben, a little bit. So let's go to six here. And uh, Coach Houston on the uh, need to be extremely disciplined against Navy in all three phases of the game, as Ruffin McNeil would say, uh, all three sides of the ball. Well, I think we have to have it in all three phases uh, because, you know, you look at the film, this team that we're facing, you know, they just they play so hard. I mean, it's, you know, we kind of pride ourselves each week, you know, we're going we're gonna to play with more effort and more physicality than our opponent. Now, it's that, that's going to be a steep challenge this week because this team plays as hard as any we faced. This team has the most physicality of any team we faced to this point. And so, um, and, and they operate just so, so clean. Uh, it's going to require tremendous discipline in all three phases. And I think, you know, especially defensively as you, as you talk, um, you know, it's, it's the thing I enjoyed, you know, at the Citadel. You know, it's, it's one misfit and it's a big play. And you, you know, you're going three yard, three yard, three yard, somebody to death, and then they're going to misfit a run, and all of a sudden it's a touchdown. And so that's that's the challenge is you know you you cannot make mistakes. You've got to, uh, you know, the whole do your job and trust your teammate to do their job mentality. I mean, it's to the extreme this week. I thought this was uh, this is a very valid question because Navy had a bye week last week. You know, they last played at Notre Dame and uh, didn't look good playing there, but. Are there any concerns about Navy having that extra week to prepare for the Pirates and, and, and an extra week to kind of sharpen things and get get healthy? Yeah, I appreciate the conference doing that for them. So, um, yeah, I mean, especially coming off the game against Notre Dame where, I mean, I'm telling you, Notre Dame's uh, you know, big, strong physical defense and, and, and you know, had I'm sure they were beat up coming out of that game. So uh, it's, it's a big advantage for them. You know, they were able to practice against our scheme for two straight weeks. Uh, their coaches had, you know, plenty of time to uh, game plan us. And it's not like you're sitting there. You know, I looked at their coaching staff, and it's like, you know, 24 years at Navy, 22 years at Navy, 14 years at Navy. And, you know, we know several of those guys, and, and they're really, really good at what they do. And you give them that kind of time to prepare. And I have no doubt we're going to see something that we've never seen before Saturday. You know, they're going to have something that will, you know, just – throw a wrench in everything that we have have not been able to prepare for. And so uh, we've just got to make sure that we, you know, have everything buttoned up as tight as we can, and uh, we're going to have to do a great job being game with adjustments. And the importance on grabbing an early lead against Navy, cut 10. Against a team like that, that's, that's critical, you know, because if, uh, if they get out to a lead and they can hold on to the ball and limit your possessions, it puts you in a tough spot. So if you can get a lead and – uh, you know, continue to drive the ball well and get in the end zone, uh, then, uh, you know, that's, that's where you can have, have some success. And so uh, it's, it's going to be a challenge, but that's, you know, how, how effective we can be, especially early in the ballgame offensively will be important. 
Do you uh, want to get some, well, yeah, why not, some non-Navy questions, right, Ben? I'm down. I'm down. Oh, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's see here. Cut uh, Bobby B. Five. And uh, this is the coach going through the journey of getting the Pirate program back to bowl contention. Well, I think just, um, you know, it's, you knew, you knew what you're getting into to a degree. And um, you made some goals uh, there when you started on this thing. And it's just been, it's been a tough two years. I mean, the first two years were, I mean, even, even having been through similar situations before, it was very difficult. Now, I am grateful for the assistant coaches that have been on this journey with us. I'm grateful for these kids. Uh, the ones that are in the program now uh, have done everything we could ask of them, and they're the reason for the turnaround. And it's uh, so it was a special day Saturday, but uh, the more special thing is just, you know, they've already turned their attention forward to this next game because they just kind of adapted that kind of mentality, and that's, that's, that's winning culture. Um, it's just it's very rewarding because, you know, you, you start this with a plan and a vision, and you kind of you know map out how you want to do things, and to you know to see it culminating in becoming a, a program that is a legitimate contender, and that's uh, that's what we wanted to build here. Now we're not done yet; we're not finished yet. This is not the finished product. We still have a, in my opinion, we still have a ceiling that's much higher than what we're playing right now. Uh, but you know we're doing some really positive things on the field, and it's again this Saturday is going to be a a great barometer. I mean, it's uh, this is going to be a huge challenge for our team this Saturday, you know, so if we can figure out some way to go up there and, and pull it off, I think it would be a significant win for us. All right. This is uh, coach Houston talking about the fans welcoming the pirates back to the airport on Saturday night. That was awesome. You know, it's, uh, you know, for our players, uh, that's the first time they'd ever experienced anything like that. You know, the, the only time I'd ever experienced anything like that was, you know, coming back from the national championship games and, you know, stuff like that. So, um, so it was, it was special. And I tell you, it's, you know, to have the, as many people there, you know, we've, we've, we've have, we have some loyal fans. There's, there's a handful of loyal fans that are there every time we leave the airport and every time we get back, um, you know, and, and, and certainly, you know, we appreciate them. And, but to have, you know, the, the number, and I don't know, I don't know what the number was. I know it was a bunch. Uh, I know they were loud, uh, so I was, it was good to see the chancellor there right in the middle of them. But, uh, you know, that was a pretty special moment, uh, you know, for our staff and for our players. And, you know, the players, the seniors like Bruce Bivens, I mean, you know, he was talking about just, you know, what a thrill it was for him. There's a, there's a, a kid that's been here for five years uh, and is a very good football player and is a big part of, you know, our turnaround. And for him to be able to experience that, um, you know, certainly a special moment. That is today's Pirate Report. Uh, we've got ECU basketball tomorrow as they will take on the Oklahoma Sooners in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. It's a 7 o'clock tip, 90-minute edition of the Patrick Johnson Show leading you to network coverage here on 94.3 The Game. Uh, also, uh, 6.30 your time for 107.9 WNCT tomorrow. Let us... Uh, Go to Ben now for an update, and then we'll welcome in the uh, coach of Pirate Women's Basketball. Uh, great to have Kim McNeil back on the show. Looking forward to talking to her, but uh, here it is, Ben Byram, with your Sports Flash update on the PJ Show. 
Thanks, Patrick. We start with what's going on around Pirate Nation. After being vandalized and removed from campus in October, the iconic Petey statue has returned to the university's mall to a mob of pirates greeting it on its return. And from Pirate Football, head coach Mike Houston is locked in for Navy this Saturday. Here's Coach's keys to beating the midshipmen in a press conference yesterday. Well, I think there's going to be fewer possessions. So, uh, you know, the, the key for us is we've got to try to get them off schedule. You know, we've got to, you know, if we can keep, if we can stay away from third and two and fourth and one, uh, you know, third and two and fourth and one against this team is going to be tough. You know, if we can get them in third and six, uh, you know, that's that's where you'll have more success. So I think the key for us is trying to to not let them, you know, stay on schedule. You got to try to get them off schedule early in the, you know, early in, on the early downs, first and second down. And if you can do that, you can have some success. From the Carolina Panthers, all signs point to the Panthers starting Cam Newton Sunday against the Washington football team. Cam is currently taking first team reps with the team as well as head coach Matt Rule stating in a press conference earlier today that all signs seem to be trending towards Cam as quarterback one. Meanwhile, Zane Gonzalez, kicker for the Panthers, back-to-back weeks as the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. In the dominant win over his former team, the Cardinals, Gonzalez made four field goals, three of those being over 40 yards, and nailed two extra points alongside with it. Moving on to the Major League Baseball, busy day in the league. They announced just a few of their yearly honors. Indian second baseman Jonathan India was named as the NL Rookie of the Year, while Rays outfielder Randy Rosarina was named AL Rookie of the Year, despite it being his second year in the league. Rays manager Kevin Cash repeated as AL Manager of the Year, while Giants manager Gabe Kablar or Kapler was named NL Manager of the Year after a 107-win season. As free agency is ramping up, Noah Syndergaard made some noise after signing with the Angels. Mets president Saldi Anderson told reporters that Syndergaard didn't even consider or acknowledge an offer sent to him by the Mets. Former Red Sox left-hander Eduardo Rodriguez signed a five-year, $77 million deal with the Tigers. It'll be the end of an era for Cleveland this Friday as they no longer will be the Indians. They will officially be known as the Guardians. Wrapping up with some sports-related news out of L. Speaking of the end of eras, the Staples Center will be no longer as it will be renamed Crypto.com Arena and a $700 million naming rights deal. That's going to do it for your 94th the Game Sports Update. I'm Ben Barman. We return. Kim McNeil, ECU wins basketball head coach, on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today. The brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. Pirate fans, celebrate Purple Friday Thanksgiving weekend with two great deals. Our weekend holiday family sale for $60 gets you four football tickets for the Cincinnati game Friday, four men's basketball tickets for the Coppin State game Saturday, and four women's basketball tickets for the Campbell game on Sunday. And for just $20 more, our weekend holiday family fee sale feeds your pirate crew with four hot dogs and four regular fountain drinks. It's a big weekend for the Pirate Nation. It all starts with Purple Friday at East Carolina. Dogwood State Bank is changing the landscape of community banking. That term community banking is not just a catchy slogan for Dogwood State Bank. They're really defining what it means to bank local. Big banks may want big business, but Dogwood State Bank wants your business, no matter what size. At Dogwood State Bank, your business is big business. Come to Dogwood State Bank and you'll see the difference. Dogwood State Bank with offices in Greenville, Moorhead City, Wilmington, Raleigh, Sanford, and Charlotte. 
it's time to think about gift giving. And Bertie County Peanuts has all you need to make everyone on your list happy. Whether you need gifts for friends and family or business appreciation gifts for clients and colleagues, Bertie County Peanuts has you covered. Check out their selection of gourmet products online at BertieCountyPeanuts.net. Call them at 800-457-0005 or visit them in Windsor at Powell and Stokes. Bertie County Peanuts, a Christmas tradition all over North Carolina. Before your next fishing trip, head to Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop. Just outside of Greenville on Marine Drive, Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop has one of the largest inventories of rods, reels, and fishing tackle in the area, plus accessories to help make your next trip a success. Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop also has hunting accessories, equipment, and sportsmen on staff to answer your questions. Whether you need hunting, fishing, clothing, or other supplies, make Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop your one-stop destination. Open Monday through Friday to 5 and Saturday to 1230. At Aces for Autism, we celebrate new milestones each day. Hi, I'm Kyle Robinson. We are growing and looking for behavioral staff and teachers to join the Aces team. Be a part of walking alongside and changing the lives of children and families impacted by autism. Both full and part-time job opportunities are available. Contact us at 252-689-6645 or email us at info at acesforautismnc.com. Did you know 80% of North Carolina's harvest is made into food products in other states? That's why food scientists at NC State are partnering with industry and government to turn local crops into North Carolina products, creating new opportunities for our farmers and businesses and adding jobs in rural communities. At NC State, what we think and do grows our economy from seed to supermarket. Discover how we're growing new food opportunities. Visit wegrownc.ncsu.edu. Your home of the ECU Pirates, Dan Patrick and Adam Gold, 94.3 The Game, Eastern Carolina's home for sports. And now, back to the P-Man. Back, back, back. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. ECU basketball is uh, up and running, and ECU women's basketball getting a big win the other night. They're going to be back home tomorrow morning. It is Education Day. Here to tell us about that and just kind of a preview of the season, recap of their big win to open the home slate the other night. It is uh, Pirate women's basketball coach Kim McNeil. Coach, great to talk to you again. Hey, Patrick. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, we uh, certainly are – Excited that East Carolina got off to the nice uh, home start the other night. Couple of tough road games. How was how was Monday night different than your first two to open the season? You know, it is great to be back in Minji's. I thought we had a solid crowd. I saw a lot of students there, a lot of athletes. Um, some it was our youth game night, so we had a lot of kids there, but. You know, I think it was just getting getting our feet underneath us. It was, um, you know, people buying into their roles. You know, we, we started off on the road, which I'm not going to make that as an excuse um, for us not winning. But, you know, we played against two teams that were in the NCAA tournament last year and that are, you know, picked to win their league this year. So it was some good competition for us. And we learned a lot about ourselves. Um, you know, we had a lot of conversations, you know, after those two games um, with, with my, with my uh, captains and, just it, it really clicked on Monday. You know, our, our, we played our style of basketball, which you guys know at the end of the day, we're going to be a defensive-minded team, and we want to get out and transition and score. And I thought we put on the show there in the second half of just how, 
you know, to run transition and how to uh, allow your defense to create offense for you. Yeah, uh, kind of a, a back and forth affair when I when I checked it out uh, on ESPN Plus, and then you guys kind of pushed it out a little bit. Uh, uh, but then uh, Gardner Webb had a really really uh, strong first half. Uh, but you all sort of separated yourself in the third. So what was different in the third quarter uh, from maybe, you know, say the first half? Well, I thought we grew. You know, in the first two games, um, when we would, uh, you know, kind of start off, I wouldn't say hot, but but average pretty good. And then when the other team went on their run, we kind of folded. Um, and so I thought there was growth in us to be able to come out in the second half and really maintain and really stick to who we are and what we do. But I think the biggest difference between the first half and the second half was the first half we were turning them over, but then we would turn the ball right back over. So we weren't doing a good job of taking care of the ball. And I thought the second half we did a much better job of taking care of the ball, and we we actually scored off of our stops. We scored off of turning them over, um, which really allowed the score to kind of separate and for us to create that gap. Um, we've got ECU women's basketball coach Kim McNeil. Tomorrow, the Pirates will be playing. It's Education Day. Uh, it is an 11 a.m. start. I think this is a really neat idea and a neat concept because it allows schools uh, to, to send classes and to send kids uh, to watch uh, college basketball. Kind of a fun and uh, real wholesome field trip. So that's going to be a lot of exciting excitement. It's going to be loud. Uh, that's the thing about these education days. You know, they minor league baseball started a few years ago and it became such a huge success that, uh, they've started booking, you know, multiple ones, especially for midweek games. So how does things, how do things change tomorrow for you all with an 11 a.m. start, uh, you know, particularly kind of on a Thursday, that's a little different than if you had a noon or an 11 start in the central time zone, you know, on a weekend, uh, how is how is tomorrow a little different, you know, as far as getting up, getting fed, that sort of thing? Yeah, so we'll do a pregame meal around 8.30. Um, normally you want to eat four hours, no less than three hours before the first game, I mean, before the game time. So, you know, I'll let them get 30 more minutes and we'll eat at 7.30. Um, but, you know, it, it, it might be better, you know, because they're not in class. So they all get to miss class tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> So their, their brains won't get fried too much before, you know, we play. So they might be a little bit more fresh with their thinking and with their focus, you know, because they haven't had to do it all day. But it's a great time. You know, my first year here was the biggest um, education game that I'd ever, you know, been a part of. I think we had about 6,800 kids. This year it won't be as much due to COVID. You know, we don't want to put too many kids in there and put put kids at risk. Right, so I think right. we're right over a little bit over, a little bit over 2,000. Um, which it will still be loud. And, you know, I think it's great anytime you can get young people on cam- on a college campus. Uh, I think it's an awesome opportunity for them just, you know, to motivate them to say, hey, this is what I want to do one day. This is what I want to be. I want to be a college student. I want to be in college. So I think anytime you can get young kids on a college campus, it's a great thing. Coach, what I really like about what you all have done this year is there's kind of a, a, a theme to each game. Uh, tomorrow, of course, is, yeah. is Education Day. Uh, there's a food drive uh, late in November when you all play Campbell. There's a, mm-hmm. a salute to service uh, day that you all are going to have. There's health and mm-hmm. violent day uh, in early January, uh, alumni day. So, I mean, you, you could just run through kind of different different days. And I, and I think the great thing about that, and, of course, there are such things as, you know, the Black History game, play for K and, and breast cancer. 
Uh, but you yeah. all have put some different twists on things too. Uh, so I think that's kind of a cool thing. And you mentioned the other night there were a lot of athletes uh, there and a lot of youth uh, there as well. So I thought that was a, a really good thing. Yeah, you know, we um, my goal, you know, this year is to get more people in the Menjis, you know, to get more support for our young women. Um, obviously, you know, I think COVID is still going to be a play a factor in our attendance. But, you know, it's also a big thing for me to give back to the community. You know, we do a lot of community service. We do a lot with the, the elementary schools, with Vidant. Um, with Children's Hospital, with food banks. Um, so it, it's important for me to give back to the community. It's important for my team to give back to the community. You know, we've been blessed. They've been blessed with a lot of things. And, and so we want to give back. And so this year, you know, we decided that every home game, we were going to have a theme um, to the game to, to allow the community to come in and be a part and, and for us to be a part of the community. And, of course, everybody's invited. But, yes, there are certain themes, uh, but it, it would be good to – to have that kind of base there and then be able to build off of that. Uh, but uh, tickets are, are obviously available for uh, men's and women's basketball uh, and season tickets are still available too. Kim McNeil, uh, we always enjoy catching up with her, coach of the uh, Pirates joining us uh, here. Uh, ECU women tomorrow, 11 a.m. against Hampton uh, for Education Day. I want to get back to the Garner-Webb game. Uh, Danae McNeil is a transfer for you from uh, Clemson. She hit a couple threes and led you with 23 the other night. Uh, Tania Thompson also uh, played very well in 29 minutes. She scored 21 points. Uh, just if you would mind just shedding your thoughts on uh, on, t- on to us, you know, from those two uh, ladies' performance and, and, you know, how important I guess they are and were the other night, but I guess how important you foresee them being, you know, as the season progresses. Yeah, Tania's going on her third year here with us, and she's always been an important ingredient you know, to this team, you know, from the moment she stepped on campus, I think she started every single game for us. Um, and, and so, you know, in the past, it's pretty much been, was just her and Monk, you know, kind of leading the way for us and scoring. And so sometimes she was having to take really, really tough shots. And, and my goal for her this year is to allow her to take some easy shots, to take some gun shots that we call open shots, and to take some of the uh, pressure off of her. Um, and, and I'm trying to do that with having an inside presence um, but when you're in transition all night long, as we were on Monday, you know, your bigs don't really get an opportunity, you know, to score the ball. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our guards led the way with, with Tania Thompson and, and Danae McNeil and then Raven Johnson, you know, coming off the bench and giving us 11 points. It's so great to see Raven back on the floor. But when we can get in transition like that, I think those three are going to be unstoppable. They're transition guards. They're big. They're long. They're athletic. They're great finishers. Um, and that's where they thrive. And, and I think on a nightly basis, um, I think you're going to see Danae and, and Tania scoring for us. You know, I'm hoping to get two more double figures. When I look at that stat sheet, I, I want to see three to four kids in double figures every night. You know, I want to be able to share the wealth. I don't want them to uh, – opponents to say, hey, if we shut down Tania Thompson, we can win the game. If we shut down – you know, I want us to have multiple weapons. And and that's what we're um, working for is to get three to four kids in double figures. Uh, the Thompson thing's interesting, Coach, because you did note she was having to shoulder a lot of burden – and as a result, probably wasn't as efficient as you needed her to be and would yeah. like her to be, and and wasn't yeah. shooting at the percentage. Uh, her percentages are up now. It's early, but her, her percentages from deep and from the floor are up, and, and I would think that's just, again, a result of having uh, other players that are capable of contributing, uh, McNeil in particular, but also Johnson, who's a veteran uh, player as well. It is, and also Taz came back in really good shape. 
um, after going home, you know, back in the spring and then coming back in June, she just came back with a different pop, like just, just moving differently, just in really good shape. And, you know, we thought at the end of the spring, you know, uh, I needed her to be more efficient. You know, she's a high volume shooter, but, you know, shooting in the twenties and thirties is not, you know, not going to cut it. So we talked about, you know, ways of how we were going to get her more efficient and shooting at, at a higher percentage. And, and, and I also think, you know, with a little bit more depth that we have, you know, her not having to log 36, 37 minutes a game a night, which I hope it stays that way, will help her um, with her legs and help her be able to, you know, finish some of those shots. And just her not having such a target. I think she's going to always have a target on her back, but us having other people that can score the ball will loosen her up for easier shots, which I think has happened thus far this year. McNeil is a, uh, a transfer portal uh, player, you have some others as well. How how did you find the the portal as far as you know being able to add to your roster? Well, it, it obviously helped us. You know, we got four Power Five kids: two from Clemson, a point guard Deja Green from Virginia Tech, and local kid uh, from Plymouth, uh, Brittany Franklin from from uh, Kansas, who, who's not ready to play yet, um, mm-hmm. getting over some injuries. But she's another six five kid that we added to our to our roster. But it's been helpful, you know, to have the experience, you know, kids that have played at this level, well, actually higher level than this before. But, you know, it's different for them. Our, our system is different, you know, and it takes some time to get used to. And they're still trying to figure out, you know, the scheme in the press and in our matchup when we drop back. Um, but just their leadership and, and their, them being so vocal. And, and, and for the first time in my, th- you know, my three years here at ECU, I've actually named captains. Um, and, and we haven't had that before in the past, you know, mm-hmm. as coaches, we've been the leaders, but I think being able to name captains this year and be able to hold people accountable, you know, for the leadership and when practice isn't going, going right, I think has definitely helped us as a team. At coach Kim Neal on uh, Twitter's where you could follow Kim McNeil and uh, ECU women's basketball. Uh, that is interesting. Would you talk about, uh, the, the, you know, as you put it, uh, with the, the, the scheme that you all run and uh, what you all do. Uh, how much of that, too, maybe is enhanced or, 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 you know, to the next level or could go to the next level with the talent and the experience you've brought in? Or uh, does that learning curve need to happen before you can start to, you know, add those wrinkles? You know, the learning curve, you know, definitely needs to pick up. I, I think it's more so people are afraid to make mistakes. Um, in our defense and in our press and, and with the way we play, I keep telling them, you know, you, you got to be aggressive. You got to, you got to let me pull you back. You got to take some chances. You got to take some risks because the way we play is high risk, high reward. So if you sit back and you're casual, it's going to be very risky. But if you're aggressive and, and you're anticipating and, and you're being physical, it will have high reward, which I think we saw that on Monday. Um, but I do think, I, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to press as much Mm-hmm. In the past, just because we're bigger, you know, and big kids tend not to be able to move as well. So I think it's going to be more, you know, maybe after free throws, dead ball situations, certain groups, you know, certain lineups in there that we feel like are really good pressing teams. Um, but I don't think you'll see us pressing after every made basket like we used to in the past. Uh, Coach, as you uh, continue to kind of uh, develop this program uh, – <laughs> And, and, you know, the college basketball, I, I, I think men or women's college basketball was impacted more greatly than any other sport last year um, with, with the COVID pandemic. Not saying the other sports weren't, but I, I just, I think the, the, entire, the entirety of the basketball season 
beginning to end changed unlike any sport. And it, we saw it just devastate and wipe out teams. Programs that mm-hmm. usually have, uh, are, you know, playing for NCAA tournaments and Final Fours were not, you know, even a factor last year. So how do you feel like you all have gotten through that? And did that slow down in your mind? Um, you know, anything, or, or do you feel like there's some positives that you could take out of that year as as really difficult as it was to, to build on? Well, you know, I told the young ladies that that was probably going to be one of the most difficult things that, you know, they've ever gone through. I think one of the most difficult things our country is going through right now. Um, but I thought we handled it fairly well last year. You know, we went the whole season with zero um, right. cases. So we, we stayed pretty healthy. And I think the kids just bought into, which was hard. And I felt so bad for them, you know, pretty much coming to Menji's or the practice facility and practicing and then going back to their dorm, back to the apartment, really no social life. Um, and, and, and when you think about coming to college and being a college student, you know, you want a social life, you know, and, and I've been there and I've done that. So I couldn't imagine doing what they did last year it, from a mental standpoint. You know, you need a break. You need to be able to do things. But the team really bought into it and, and, and we were very successful with staying healthy. Um, you know, I think this year, you know, with our, you know, vaccinations and all those things being available, mm-hmm. I do think the kids feel a little bit more comfortable. You know, um, they're not as stressed. You know, they're not as worried. Maybe, you know, playing opponents and, you know, maybe, you know, somebody having the virus, I think, you know, with, with us having the vaccine. Um, but, you know, when you're talking about basketball compared to other teams, you know, if you got 13 kids on your roster. If you have to shut down four or five kids, like, you're pretty much done. Yeah. You know, versus in football, you know, if you have to shut down three or four kids, you can still keep it moving. Um, and then also with our team being an indoor sport, you know, um, I think definitely played a factor too, you know, with some other sports playing outdoors. But I would agree with you. I definitely think it took a toll more on basketball just because of the less numbers that we have compared to some of the other bigger teams. Hey, Coach, I always enjoy catching up with you, and uh, we'll talk again really soon. Appreciate your time. Good luck tomorrow against Hampton, and uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you down the road here real soon. Thanks, Patrick. I appreciate it. And if you can't make it, Tomorrow at 11, we, we're back at home next Tuesday at 6 p.m. versus Coppin State. So come out and catch us. Absolutely. Thank you, Coach. Thanks to Kim McNeil, Ben Byron, producing. Catch you tomorrow, 5 to 6.30, 90-minute edition of the PJ Show. Is your pharmacy fumbling when it comes to customer service, prescription fills, compounding, medical equipment, and enteral intravenous therapy? Perhaps it's time for you to allow HealthWise Pharmacy to score a touchdown in regards to your pharmaceutical needs. Locally owned and operated by pharmacist Marcy Parker, HealthWise Pharmacy puts you and your health first, offering top-of-the-line customer service, individual attention, and free prescription delivery to anywhere in Pitt County. HealthWise Pharmacy, 615B Memorial Drive in Greenville. Remember the days when you could go to your favorite butcher shop and get your pork chops or steaks cut just the way you like them? Well, you still can. Acre Station Meat Farm on Highway 32 in Pinetown, north of Washington, is Eastern Carolina's traditional butcher shop. Acre Station is where you can get your order cut the way you want it. The best sausage, bacon, and pork chops and steaks you'll ever taste. I get my steaks from Acre Station because... uh the quality is great, and they can cut it any size you like, and just can't find a selection like that anywhere else. I like to go get my roast at Acre Station because they cut it at about six pounds, and that's 
perfect for my for my family because I just can't find what I'm looking for at the grocery store anymore. Acre Station, your traditional butcher shop in Pinetown, just outside Washington on Highway 32. Find out what others have always known. The short trip to Acre Station is worth the drive. At Acre Station, you just get that good, friendly service you just can't find anymore. I guarantee it's the best sausage and bacon you'll ever eat. This year, U.S. Cellular's making a big deal out of the holidays. You can choose any phone from any brand free. That's right, any phone you see in our store is free. And get unlimited data for our best price of the season. Just $30 a month per line with four lines. Feel the locally grown joy from U.S. Cellular, America's locally grown wireless. Limited time offer. Terms apply. See uscellular.com for details. Now that life is returning to normal, we've found a lot of good things that came from the pandemic. One of them is not having to go to the wireless store anymore. The Cellular Warehouse team has been in the business of delivering